Hi there, this is Heather Campus. Welcome back to After the Gold Rush, our podcast celebrating the culture and history of Nevada County, California. Today, we're gonna be catching up with one of Nevada County's champions of arts and nonprofit, Julie Baker. Julie is the former executive director of both the Grass Valley Center for the Arts and the California World Music Festival. She currently is the executive director of Californians for the Arts, which is a statewide advocacy organization. And most recently, Julie has been instrumental in the activation of the Nevada County Relief Fund for COVID-19, where Nevada County is stepping up to support our most vulnerable neighbors and small businesses during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm so excited to talk to Julie today and hear more about how she plans to continue supporting the expansion of arts in Nevada County. And during this time of introspective social isolation, I posed a question on our social media. I asked Nevada County to share with me what they had found. Did you find a new strength or a new connection or a new perspective even during this pandemic? I'd like to take just a minute to share out some of the responses that I received. Wendy in Grass Valley wrote, I found that happiness does lie in some of the smallest things, whether it be just being able to walk outside in the fresh air of a park or crossing out items from that to-do list that you made over two weeks back. David in Penn Valley wrote, I found that generosity is a very important human quality during a pandemic. And Carla wrote, baking sourdough bread is easier than social isolation. Today, I will be sharing my story of something that I found during the down moments of social isolation. It is April 21st, 2020. Gary and I are working shoulder to shoulder on the eastern edge of our property, pulling the red clay out of the garden beds. As the world has come to a standstill, it is so quiet here now. The only sound is the spring peepers courting each other and our local birds fussing and fighting about in the warming mountain forest. No cars, no helicopters, no motorcycles. Up until this point, to say that our lives have been busy is an understatement. I am a kindergarten teacher with a pre-dawn 100-mile round-trip commute from Nevada City into Placer County each and every morning. My husband works 60-plus hours a week for his son's startup solar business, Box Power. Then he plays his drums at music festivals in Nevada County's favorite venues during his weekends. We are thoroughly entrenched in a happy, meaningful, and raucous life that gives sweet few moments of pause or quiet. On Friday, March 13th, our whirling cacophony came to a sudden and sacred halt. 
The fear of COVID enveloped us, and like most couples, we began looking for ways to keep our family healthy and plan for a seemingly unpredictable future. Between terrifying bouts of television news and reverent hand-washing, we made lists. Broken irrigation system. Garage purge. The purchasing of yeast and flour. And the planting of a victory garden. So here we are, wrestling with the Nevada County's copper soil and our darling tomato and butternut squash seedlings. I stoop and continue throwing the red clumps. Hey, I think that's the river we hear. Gary is now sitting on the recently uprooted Madrone log. His view is of the South Fork Yuba River Canyon, which majestically falls across our horizon. We live four miles, as the crow flies, from the South Yuba, who is surely rushing its mega load of spring Sierra melt down the canyons. We both stand and pause, intently sharing the view and listening for the low, watery rush. Really, how could we have lived here for 12 years and never realized that we could hear the river from our home. This stunning pandemic, and yet it has given us a slowing gift of time and reflection in an occupied life. Gary picks up his shovel again and continues scooping. He cuts through a layer of bright orange soft clay and throws it aside. My eyes catch an unusually shaped rock, and then another. Hey, wait, I want to look at these, I say. I grab four pieces from the rocky rubble and carefully set them aside. We then continue working our land for the next hours, preparing it for butter beans and yellow corn, pumpkins and purple cabbage, the evening sun begins to slope behind the canyon pines, and we clean up for dinner. I take an extra minute sorting through the hard clay shapes that we have found. I take the time to rinse them off under the garden hose. There is a quickening moment of recognition as I feel certain that these items are handmade. The perfect sphere of a thick rim. The finger-punched round bottom of a water jar. The smooth elliptic handle. These mysterious pieces have all been found 20 inches deep in freshly tilled soil under the root system of a recently fallen madrone. I am wondering... How long has it been since these pieces rested in a warm palm? I consider this pottery in reverence for another woman's life. Was she happy when she made this? Was she a mom or even a grandma? Was she my age? Did she rest and dream? 
near where my pillow lays now? Had she created and fed where I now keep my guitar and my oatmeal with blueberries? She witnessed this mountainscape and put her hands in this soil and heard the river in the spring from right here. We share this land with her and her red clay memories. And on this land, we will remain aware and thoughtful and eternally grateful for the health of our community members, family, and friends. We will practice generosity and vigilance. And we'll take time to listen as the South Yuba River roars and pushes west. Julie and I had decided to conduct this interview utilizing an online platform due to the health concerns regarding COVID-19. So please bear with us if we have some Nevada County internet instability. And now I'm so excited to welcome my friend, Nevada County resident, arts advocate, Julie Baker to After the Gold Rush. Welcome, Julie. Hey, Heather. Thanks for having me. It's definitely been um, sort of a challenging time, I think, for both of us to be able to find the time in the headspace to sit down and talk. So I appreciate you making that effort. And I'd really like to start off today by shining a light on the impact you're having on the arts in the state of California. Can you tell us more about the work you're involved with? I'm the executive director of Californians for the Arts, which is a statewide advocacy organization. How has your day-to-day changed with the COVID-19 um, shelter-in-place orders? So I was doing things like flying to LA for the day for a meeting. And I was doing um, workshops all across the state around this legislation, Assembly Bill 5. And I was going to Sacramento and meeting with our lobbyists. And I was doing all that sort of stuff all the time. So basically for me, everything transitioned into staring into Zoom world most days now. Um, and everything being very, you know, 100% virtual. We, I came home from travel on March 7th. Um, and I live with um, my husband, Richard, and um, my youngest son, who's 15 and a half, who has asthma, and then my 92-year-old mother, yeah. and then also my middle son and his fiance um, have been staying with us as well once we got the shelter-at-home orders. So started to really um, shut things down because of uh, the sort of compromised immune systems in our own family. So it's just, you know, we're all here. We're all uh, doing our thing. I would say, honestly, I'm busier in terms of my workload um, because we were in um, April is Arts, Culture, and Creativity Month in the state of California, something that we put on as a statewide event. That annual event takes such a huge amount of time and planning. How did the event's priorities shift after COVID-19 and having to go virtual? do a lot of online learning and a lot of policy translation of what was available for artists through the through the pandemic and doing a lot of federal advocacy around trying to get funds um, and, and relief for artists and arts organizations, particularly the nonprofit sector. So, right. so I've just been like I'm busier than ever. And that gives Monday to Friday is like super busy and work, 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 work. And that's 
you know me, Heather, um, and have worked around me, that's like, that's my happy place (laughs) (laughs) is to feel purposeful. Yeah. And were your April events pretty well attended then? We did as we pivoted and um, made everything online. So we actually did a virtual arts advocacy day, which in fact, in the end, we had more people participate because of course, more people had access. Everybody was home. I mean, if you have the internet and a computer or phone. And um, we were able to also get legislators to participate and they, you know, zoomed in from home also. And there was something that kind of created this level playing field where everybody is working from home, everybody's in their home environments. And so it, it demystified who's a, who is a lawmaker. And I think that helped advocates. There's often a sort of concern for people who are not engaged in, in, in advocacy or lobbying that, you know, oh, I, I don't know how to talk to a lawmaker oh, and, a, you know, a legislator, an elected official, that sort of thing. And I think when you see them, and we literally had a senator who had an unmade bed behind him on his video <laughs> screen. So, <laughs> and I actually even pointed it out because it's someone I know well enough that I knew that he wouldn't be upset with me pointing it out. And he had a good enough sense of humor, but it really shared like, look, we're all just humans. We're all just doing our best to get along here. To, I love to that. Make, yeah. Right. And to, and to, um, you know, get through this. And, and uh, so so no, we've actually, you know, just, and then we created this very uh, deep resource section on COVID-19 for arts and culture um, on our website. So honestly, just, in, and just a lot of online learning that we've been offering people or part- participating in. And I think the thing right now is that people are really craving communication as well as there's a lot more access to folks. So it actually meant that my my workload has increased. I was really surprised as a teacher how much my workload also increased um, going to a remote learning virtual landscape. And honestly, it didn't take long, like maybe two weeks. And I definitely started feeling that um, the Zoom fatigue at a time where everyone is feeling completely emotionally maxed out, I think. It's um, interesting having all these online and remote formats that I almost felt like it was requiring me to emote more, to feel connected to um, the people on the screen in order to feel a sense of collaboration or connection. I think that the artist and teacher communities both tend to need that human to human connection um, for colla- and collaboration. The sort of like that the nonverbal cues that you miss out on on the online formats. Um, the the more holistic type of connection that we all need to feel um, heard and inspired. So I'm wondering if if um, during this time if you were feeling like your virtual meeting formats were allowing your artistic community to feel um, like they had a place of expression or felt heard? Um, I think it helped people to feel like they, there was a way for them to engage and that they could, uh, you know, pass forward for them to be involved. You know, the arts sector has come to a complete standstill in terms of earned revenue. Mm. And um, as you know, you know, you're, I think you're married to a musician. And, um, and so, you know, in, in our own community for the arts, I mean, my goodness, it's just the worst, worst timing. They, 
they were ready to reopen. And, and I think it was two or three days yeah. in, they had to shut down. And yeah. so people who are involved in the arts, whether it's you're putting on a theater production, a dance production, you're a presenter, you're an artist yourself, you're used to being highly creative, highly productive, very goal oriented. I've got, you know, I'm putting on a show. Right. right. And, um, yeah, and and so I think it gave a sense to say, okay, there's a someone looking out for us, which is our organization in terms of at least resources, funding, legislation, policy, et cetera, and um, and have meetings, and we had a happy hour and that sort of thing, so people could just talk and share, and there's like thirty or forty people on those kind of calls, but you know we had more like two, we had over. There's over almost 700 registrants throughout the day. So it was, it was great. Sounds like it's offering a great place for communication for sure. So Julie, as you know, we had a theme today's show, which is the theme of found items or found feelings or experiences around sheltering in place in Nevada County. Is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners as far as like, what's your favorite thing or the best thing you found out about during um, the social isolation and sheltering in place with your, um, it sounds like your extended family? Well, I don't know if it's the best thing, um, but some interest, uh, maybe I'll just mention some interesting things. So first of all, one is, um, and you probably know this, which is in the probably a couple weeks in our son and soon-to-be daughter-in-law announced that they were um, having a baby. Congratulations. You're part of the grandma club now. I can't wait to see you as a grandma. You're going to be, you're going to be awesome. Right. So, you know, sort of that was exciting in that our Natalie is her name. We didn't, we had, I mean, we knew her, but they've only been together about a year and they didn't live here at that point. And so we have this wonderful opportunity because they've had to shelter with us while their house is getting worked on. They get to know our, you know, soon to be daughter-in-law and the mother of our grandchild. And so that's been really a wonderful opportunity. Um, Would not have had if, if it weren't for like the shelter at home. Right. You know, I'm a very, I'm a very social person. I'm a very outgoing uh, sort of, you know, requires that I'm not introverted. I'm extroverted. And so first I was finding myself recording these videos, these sort of selfie videos that I would share online and um, about it, like, oh, who am I and why am I doing that? So I stopped doing that (laughs) and then (laughs) started doing more like Zoom calls with friends. So I think one of the things I just confirmed about myself is that I definitely crave (laughs) crave a lot of friendship and need for friendship and and miss that. Um, So I think that's definitely something but I you know I think what's interesting about humans is how adaptable we are who would have thought right that you know nobody planned saw this I mean except for maybe the Obama administration when they handed it to Donald Trump knew that this was potentially a, a threat I didn't I hadn't really thought about it I don't watch those movies so it wasn't in my consciousness that this would be something that we would um have to to learn how to to live with and I think the thing that you know Heather honestly we are just so fortunate where we live um and and I think that's a huge takeaway as well yeah Nevada County was amazing I was grateful also that our community was able to um look at taking care of each other and we all did what we needed 
to do to ultimately slow the curve down in this county and and shut it down? Sort of really worrying about what is this going to mean in terms of our community and what are we going to wake up from? I mean, I'm fine. I My work continues. My husband's work. We're really fortunate. We live yeah. in a beautiful home. You know, like all of those things. We are, we are not suffering personally. Yeah, being a smaller, more rural, remote town definitely served us with our with our health. We are financially vulnerable, though, with because that's the charm of why we live here. We don't have the big corporations and the big box stores and all this sort of stuff. And even with, you know, all the federal relief and everything else, we know that that just wasn't going to be enough and in fact wasn't really going to these kind of small businesses. So I've been involved in the Nevada County Relief Fund. I'm actually one of six people on the Community Advisory Council. And so we both help raise money for it and also serve as an oversight. We're kind of like the last group to review who's receiving uh, the funds. And um, we just gave out our first round of grants and over just uh, about $200,000. And it was great. It feels so confirming that grassroots um, ability of our county to take care of each other. But I would imagine this is going to need to be an ongoing effort. So we're going to continue to fundraise. But I'll tell you, Heather, one of the most amazing parts was that I you know, I sent out my job part of it is it's not a job. It's a volunteer because I want to give back to the community because I feel so fortunate and living here. And so um, I reached out to a lot of people either who I knew through the center or whatever it was in my life. And one person wrote back and I sort of, you know, I'm trying to find gifts between, I said something like five to $50,000, you know? Wow. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm just like throwing it out there. Please tell me that Nevada County showed up to support our local struggling small business in a big way, please tell me. Like two days later, writes back. He goes, "Okay, I can do 50. Oh I'm my like, goodness! Thousand. <laughs> it was like wow. it was just amazing. And and they did. I, I met um, her in the park. A park seems like a very humble spot for this transaction, by the way. And he had a check for fifty grand for to give back to small businesses and uh, safety net nonprofits. This is a very generous community member. And I'd like to thank you for helping to preserve what makes our community so very unique and special. So big up gratitude to whoever you are. That's, that's been really heartening, but you know, there's still a lot more to raise. So Julie, I'm going to be overtly corny here and say that you found the heart of Nevada County. Yeah, it was great. But you know, I think it's, um, and this, the thing, I think the thing that is, I mean, there's so much going on in the world right now, you know, of course, and um, with everything that's happening, racial justice and anti-racism and what we need to be doing right now to, to really disrupt and, and hopefully see the change that we need in our, in our society to, to see equity and to see, you know, freedom for everyone. And, and I was thinking about this last night. I know you can appreciate this. So my son, you know, 15 and a half, he's six feet tall. He's a big kid. Um, comes in at like 830 or something. And he says, you know, me and my buddies, we're going to go downtown. Some of his friends drive and we're going to go to Bonanza and get some Arizona iced teas or something like that. I said, oh, okay. And off he goes. And not once did I think to myself, gosh, I hope he makes it home safely. Right. And, and, the difference, right? You know, if I was a, a black mom, a mother of an African-American child, um, not... Well, yeah, especially here in Nevada County, we're the second whitest 
County and all of California. So we definitely, we definitely have work that needs to be done around checking our white privilege. That's for sure. So, you know, I, I res- remain super grateful for what we have, but I also recognize we live in just this tremendous white bubble. We do. And yeah. Bubble privilege in our community. And, and it's partly why we don't, we have conflict here, you know, in terms of the left and the right, I would say, probably in terms of class as well. But right. we, and that sort of stuff, but we don't have that. Obviously, we don't have the same sort of level of racial conflict. And, and um, you know, it's just, it's, I think I'm really thinking a lot about my privilege and, and what that means and how, what I can be doing um, and what, and in some ways I do feel like I need to give up some things like I, you know, in order to really see the change, like that is part of, you know, privilege is that like we've been granted something um, in a special way. I'm really thinking a lot about that. What does that mean? And, and I think it's, I think with everything that's going on in particular, because we have so much time to reflect, just it's, it's, I think they're really hard times, but I think that there's hopeful aspects to it as well. So Julie, if you had one wish you could make for our county, for Nevada County's future, what would that be? Hmm. I would wish that um, we would figure out a way for our community to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. to be sustainable, um, that we would be able to look at it from a long-term economic fe- feasibility and, find, you know, a perspective where we, there's enough for everyone, right? We have all the resources in the world. Um, so how do we make sure that everyone has equal access to those resources and that we really plan for um, a future that invites people to be able to live here, um, in a healthy and, and, um, healthy fashion, you know? Uh, so, um, and, you know, we have, I think our our globe has so much to do around wellness and, um, and I think there's something special about this community that can offer that because we really need it right now. I mean, we're just in such a mental health, um, you know, uh, a crisis, crisis. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I, I guess my hope is that we can, we can look at this county, you know, in the future and see it as a place for um, a, a more diverse group of people and access to resources for everyone and that we're more self-sustaining um, and that we figure out how that, what that looks like in terms of things like affordable housing, um, in terms of, you know, definitely more farms and and cooperative ways of of supporting each other. I think a lot of Nevada County shares your vision, Julie, and I have the faith that we have the strength to get there someday. I think through collaboration and good communication, we can make this reality. And I know for a fact that Nevada County is a better place, a richer place for having you as a member of our community as well. And I'm just thankful that you're my friend. And that you were able to share your thoughts with us today. I, I really value them. And we hope people take advantage of NevadaCountyRelief.org, who have currently raised through donations $330,000 for small business and nonprofit in Nevada County. Right, Julia? Is there anything else? I hope that those who need it will apply when we have our next roundup and those who can give um, give as much as you can so we can 
you know, support our community when we need it the most. There will be more information um, regarding this program on After the Gold Rush's Instagram site that you can find there. But quickly, Julie, can you share that address one more time, please? Sure. Nevcorelief.org. All right, Julie. Well, thank you so much. You bet. Take care of yourself. All right. Okay. You do the same. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, Nevada County. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us again today at After the Gold Rush. And just a gentle reminder, we are still needing to exercise some consideration for this wild pandemic. Even though our numbers have remained low, please remember to take care of yourself and to take care of each other. Please remain Nevada County strong with your kindness and your consideration for others. And please show your support for Nevada County culture and history by liking and following us on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget, we're also on Instagram. If you would ever like to contribute or be a part of a future episode of After the Gold Rush, please contact me at heathercampus at gmail.com. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.